Welcome to Your Ink Story, a podcast exploring what humans have in common through the stories behind the body art folks wear. I'm your host, Andy Lyons, and I hope these ink-spirational short stories sharing the heart behind tattoos fascinate you and leave you feeling more meaningfully connected to humanity. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 13, and our guest, Lynn Abate Johnson, never planned on getting inked, but when her mother passed in 2017 from a seven-year battle with ovarian cancer, Lynn knew it was time to get her first tattoo. You'll hear Lynn share the significance of the placement of her tattoo and how it symbolizes the presence and guidance her mother always provided. Welcome to your ink story, Lynn. I'm so delighted you're here to share your ink story. Before we get going and starting to talk about your beautiful tattoo, please let folks know how you glow in the world. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me, Andy. I just love being here with you. And I love what you're up to with this podcast and the storytelling, which is just extraordinary. I've listened to many so far. My geography is uh, the San Diego area, San Diego, California. Finally found the place where I think I was always meant to be. I live near the beach, three blocks from the Pacific Ocean in beautiful, funky Oceanside, California, which is kind of a throwback to the old beach towns where when you pull out your car and you're coming up to a sidewalk, you really need to go slowly and look both ways because it could be a a kid on a BMX bike or a skater or somebody carrying the surfboard down to the beach. And so I love the environment and it just really gives me that essence. It holds that essence for me to really thrive. And I'm an international bestselling author now and a speaker. (laughs) And you have a strong background in marketing and branding. You've had your own business and you've done so many things on Mm -hmm. your own. Yeah. I have. I've been an entrepreneur pretty much my whole life and community builder, global community builder, which I just love to do. And that's kind of infused into everything I do, including the book. Right. And we're going to talk about Lynn's wonderful book called Out of Love, and it's a daughter's journey with her mom to the end. And it has a lot of significance in Lynn's tattoo. Okay, so it's, I'm very excited to learn more about how that all came about because we hear a lot of stories, right, listeners, of that person who got their tattoo before they really were of legal age. But we do have a few guests who waited decades before they got their tattoo, and Lynn is one of them. So, Lynn, what originally inspired you to wear body art? I was never one of those people who is going to get a tattoo. In fact, my mom didn't like tattoos. If I would have come to my mom with the tattoo I have now, which actually is her name written in Arabic, and it's on my right shoulder for a reason, my mom would have said, oh, Lynn, like, oh, however, she also, her ego side would have loved that I've got her name permanently on my shoulder now. And it came after her death. She died of ovarian cancer in 2017. And one of my nephews decided he was going to, very proud of our Chaldean and Arabic heritage. And so he decided, he looked it up to see what the Arabic characters looked like that said Rosemary, which was my mom's name. 
And he had her name in the same exact tattoo I have tattooed on his rib cage. And so I thought, okay, Lynn, I guess you're getting a tattoo now. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, having her with you every single day and what part of the body is it on? Because I know you said your shoulders, your left or your right shoulder. Yeah, it's my right shoulder where I always envisioned my mom being. Even before she died, my mom was always kind of a force in my life. She was my first business mentor. She was always an entrepreneur. She was my first foodie. She was a great cook and I love to cook. And also one of our love languages is to feed people. And so having those things in common with my mom and also, also having her voice in my head, right. just anytime giving me advice, giving me encouragement, admonishing me. I always like to say that she was my harshest critic and my biggest cheerleader. And I really want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know that must've been very difficult to watch your mom go through the process of cancer, which can really change how they look and the body, et cetera. So I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I do like to share with stories about my mom with people and having this tattoo actually brings about those stories. Although very often it's covered because when I'm wearing clothing, but because I go to the beach so much, it's showing. And I always make sure and put 70 sunblock because I don't want it to fade. So I right. always protect my tattoo with that sunblock at the beach. And And so how did you, because... What I've come to learn, and listeners who have tattoos, you probably already know this, is that finding someone who can do script of any kind, whether it's Arabic characters or the written English word, mm -hmm. it's not easy, and they are known to fade. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit about how you found First of all, the courage to get the tattoo. What was that defining moment that along with your nephew there, you're like, yes, he's done the research, but I want that too. Talk a little bit about that and then share with us how you found the studio and the tattoo artist who would bring your vision to life. First of all, I'm a little bit of a skeptic and I always like to do my homework. So even though my nephew had found and researched that that was the correct Arabic characters for my mom's name, Rosemary. I also did a couple of ask around. I was asking around people that I knew spoke Arabic and just to make sure that that was it, that was correct. And it was, it was exact. And I wondered about whether it would hurt. And I wondered if I had the patience. I'm a little bit of a type A personality, right? Although in my older age, I've learned how to use my breath and I've learned how to calm myself and relax. I still was wondering if it would hurt so much that I would be jumping in pain. And you always hear that certain parts of the body are more painful than others to get a tattoo. And I thought, oh, my right shoulder doesn't seem like it would be that sensitive. And so I commiserated about it for about five minutes. After the five minutes of commiseration, I said, yes, I'm getting this tattoo. It's going to be exactly like my nephew's. It's going to say my mom's name in Arabic, and I'm going to wear it proudly. And it's going to be a reminder because it is on my right shoulder of all of those things that my mom left to me, all of those gifts, all of that wisdom. Oh, 
What yeah. a beautiful way to honor someone you love. And folks, you may recall Preeti in episode seven, who was from Nepal and how she got her father's name on her tattoo. Yeah. And, it, and it was just so important. And it kept him alive and it kept his spirit of the gifts he gave her alive. And I'm really sensing that's what this has done for you as well. Yeah, it's been a comfort to me to not only have the words that I've written in the book, but also have when I speak to people and I speak to groups and other family caregivers, it really has a lot of meaning for those who have been in that same position. We're all, we all have different stories, of course. And I, I'm hoping that my stories bring more courage to other people who either may be a long distance family caregiver, which many people are, yeah. or like you said, some people don't have that mom that they're even close to, or have had the opportunity to be with in their aging and dying years. And so I'm keenly aware that not everyone has had the experience that I've had, or that privilege that I had of being able to usher my mom out of her physical body, out of the world, like a, a midwife, like she birthed me and I a got death doula. I got to birthing her, help her exit. Yeah. And yeah, and then the, the part about finding a tattoo artist wasn't very difficult because at the time I lived in Northern California and in an area where there are, are plenty of tattoo artists. And I also happen to be a business consultant and I have a soft spot in my heart for small and local businesses. So it had to be someone local and it had to be someone that I knew and that I trusted. There were parents from where my nieces and nephews went to school. The dad was a tattoo artist and still is. He's no longer in Northern California. He's back East now, probably closer to where you are. Wow. Um, but his name is Shotzi, Shotzi Gorman. And I folks, we'll have his name and link to his Instagram feed right there. Shotzi is S-H-O-T-S-I-E. Yeah. And he's, even since he left the wine country, like I did, I know he's been active still tattooing and creating art and doing shows. And so I just went down the road to his shop and thought, okay, this is it. Let's do this. And so I, I had it done pretty prominently in a kind of a medium size font okay. on my shoulder because I didn't want to hide it. I wanted it to show up. And it doesn't, folks, when you hop on over to Instagram, to your ink stories, Instagram feed called at tell me your ink story, you will see the reel that has the images of a very bold and beautiful rosemary in Arabic script. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's nothing tiny about that. It has a bold presence right there on the back of yeah. your right shoulder. Yeah. And I was so proud of it. In fact, that before my book was published in 2022, I had a photo shoot and a kind of a little updated photo shoot. And I was on the beach when I was kind of yeah. dancing on the beach with a scarf hanging off my shoulder. And I made sure that I was swinging around so that the photographer could get that shot of my tattoo. I've listened to several of your podcast episodes, and I know that there's a lot of talk about like how to come out in a corporate or a business or kind of a stale business setting. 
And I really want to do business with people who support me being fully self-expressed. And so that was kind of maybe a little rebellious of me to have that done. And then the paradox is that it's not rebellious at all, because I welcome people to do business with me who resonate with that kind of free spirited self-expression that I possess. So I love that. And a lot of times having tattoos folks is a way of saying, accept me, especially if you have it out in such a prominent way, Mm -hmm. it helps people get beyond the stigma and perhaps their wanting to put you into a category of person based on a tattoo. And it forces them almost to see you for who you be, not for what you're wearing or have put body art on the body. And as you go about your day, what does having your mom's name in Arabic, I mean, you could have put Rosemary, right? (laughs) But you didn't, you chose to honor her heritage. Yes. Yes. I think that for me, it would have been pedestrian in a way to have my mom's name written in English, Rosemary. I don't think that would have appealed to me at all. I'm so grateful to my nephew because I'm half Chaldean. Can you just take a minute and explain to folks about Chaldean and the heritage of Chaldean? Yeah. So Chaldeans are uh, Arabic Arabs, basically. Uh, My grandfather was from Baghdad, Iraq. And he immigrated here through Ellis Island as, as a young man and to make a better life in America. I guess one of the distinctions is that Chaldeans practice Christianity. The Detroit area has the highest uh, population of Chaldeans who settled there in the United States. The second highest population, and I know I have cousins down the road here, here is in San Diego. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting where the groups kind of started to congregate after they were immigrating over. And And it's an an ancient culture in your DNA. I mean, it's an ancient culture. My grandparents, in fact, we lived with them. There were three generations living in one home in the Detroit area back when I was a little kid. And my grandparents spoke Aramaic. So, yes, it is an ancient language. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's the 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 language that Jesus Christ spoke, Aramaic, and my grandparents spoke that language. And in fact, here's a funny story. I was looking for, since we moved to the San Diego area, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have any doctors or anything. I was looking for a dermatologist. And so I'm going through all of the profiles online of the dermatologists in this health system that we're in here. And I find one and on his profile, it literally says, that he's Chaldean. And I said, okay, that's it. That's my dermatologist from now until I die. And so I go in there and he's like, hey, cousin, hey, cousin. And and he's told me that he speaks Aramaic better than he speaks Arabic. And yeah. And so I said, well, do you know what this says? And I pull my little hospital gown down before the examination and I show him my tattoo. And he says, Rose, Rose, Mary. And I said, brilliant. I just thought, yes, I'm really proud of my heritage. I'm actually more proud of it. I think because my grandparents really, when they came here, they wanted to assimilate. So they would not speak a word 
of their language outside the home. So the only place that I heard Aramaic or Arabic was inside under behind closed doors. And none of my relatives would speak it in, in public back then. This is something I'm loud and proud about. And I want people to, to know where I come from. I'm proud of where I come from. I'm, as you say, I'm proud of that DNA. It's part of your identity. And and today we need to honor each other's identity, how we're identifying. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, whether it's uh, gender fluidity or Mm. this is in my DNA and I want to honor the culture that I came from and I don't want to hide it. I don't want to assimilate so much that I, it's no longer out there and people don't understand. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had to look up Chaldean uh, folks because I needed, I, I, heard it over the years, but when you see how it's spelled, it's spelled C-H-A-L-D-E-A-N. And so what I had heard didn't sort of match what I had seen in physical. So I did a little research and it's a phenomenal ancient culture that brings tons of wisdom through the DNA of the lived experiences of the people that you all come from. So I don't want to get to Henry Louis Gates here, but our roots can matter. I believe that. I believe that our roots matter. And I believe that to the extent that we discover and embrace our own identities, um, we can heal the world. We can have these conversations, these connections that bit by bit by bit can cause these ripple effects that can really help others see themselves in us or see how they're different and really embrace those differences and encourage conversations to happen as opposed to so much of the isolation that has almost defined our culture in the past few years. So understandably, and also it's because our brains, our lizard brains tend to go tribal and we look out in the world and say, what's different instead of saying, how are we connected? Because the bottom line is no matter the color of your skin or the gender of the body that you are housed in, you are going to have human experiences along the way. And one of them may be helping your mom leave the world in a graceful, dignified way as you hold her to her last breath. That is a human experience, no matter who you are, your race, religion, skin color, or gender. And I'd love to have us focus more on that, right? How we're connected in our humanity, right, Lynn? Yes. Part of the reason I wrote the book was to reassure other family caregivers, because a lot of ethnic families will go within, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody gets sick or gets a diagnosis or God forbid has an accident, like a kid having a motorcycle accident, whatever it is, the, the families will go within and they'll take care of their own. And yes, with the medical profession as partners, right? Eastern, Western, whatever type of medicine or acute situation they're in, it's important to really involve everyone possible. And a family member, it's a unique experience because in our case, when my mom got the ovarian cancer diagnosis, it was a shock and I had no idea what to do. I'm the oldest of five children. I am a leader in my life, my family, and I had no idea what to do. I always say I was like a deer in the headlights. And so 
writing those words and helping to reassure other family caregivers is the reason that I wrote that book and why I like to speak about it, about my particular experience so that I can help to destigmatize, yep. normalize other people's experiences. Absolutely. We don't talk about death enough, as you know, and certainly most people are not trained or ready to be a caregiver when they are thrust into that caregiver role. In fact, there's a great company out there, folks, called Ayana Care, co-founded by a wonderful woman and who, like you, Lynn, helped her mom for seven years and mm. noticed that she was not prepared to do that. Mm. So Lynn, as you came to getting your tattoo and you're a very open and accepting person of all types of people, but I'm sure you had seen the stigma over the years about tattoos. What would you like to see change about the perception of tattoos and folks who wear body art? I would love to see the perception change from that is a certain type of person who is a criminal. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I'm laughing because it's laughable, you know, it's, it's a form of self-expression, period, end of story. And so why should it be tagged on any one type of person? And, right. and I, I love that even though I come from brown people, I'm still white presenting, right? And I'm a professional. And unless I said something about it, people wouldn't know that I had a t tattoo. It kind of makes me wish I had even more tattoos, right? So that I could be. Are you, are you planning on getting more, Lynn? Well, I may, I was thinking about one today because I am writing another book. And although the next tattoo that I would get would be pretty controversial. And so, it, but it would be very beautiful and artistic. There and a conversation yeah, starter. That's what I'm up to these days, Andy. I'm really up to starting conversations and come what may, right? Like I don't have any certain way that I need the conversation to go. I'm standing here in curiosity and I'm wanting to learn about the person that I'm speaking with. And I want to ask questions. I think our world is craving connection today and that each conversation really matters. And when I was younger, I thought that my voice didn't matter, that I was just one of many. And I was I used to say all the time, I'm only one person. I'm only one person. What can I do? And now I realize that was totally the kind of a destructive perspective because it cuts off conversations. It cuts mm -hmm. off connection when you get into yourself and your ego and thinking, you know, what do I have to say? Well, I'll tell you what I do have right now is I have lots of questions and I always say now that I have way more questions than I have answers. And that's a great place to be and to come from a place as best as you can from detachment and judgment as you ask your questions filled with curiosity and see that as a way for deepening connection. This is wonderful. And listeners, we always love to hear what your experiences are. What happened when folks saw your tattoos? 
or those of you without tattoos, are you thinking about getting a tattoo? Are you inspired by these conversations and hearing about folks and what they went through? Are you thinking like maybe you're ready to have a tattoo? Be sure to let us know. You can throw down your comments wherever you're tuning in or hop on over to Instagram at Tell me your ink story because we want to hear what your experiences and thoughts are from these inspirational conversations. And be sure to follow Lynn everywhere she glows. Of course, I'll have a reel on the Instagram feed of her beautiful tattoo of her mom's name in Arabic. And I'll have links to Lynn's wonderful book, out of love, a daughter's journey with her mom to the end. Wow. That's got to be powerful. I'll have that in the show notes as well. I am so, so grateful that you came on the podcast and shared your beautiful ink story with us. And I'm I'm really grateful for your inspirational insights about the art of tattoos and the heart behind your beautiful tattoo, Lynn. You've helped us connect more deeply with each other and with our humanity. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Ink Story. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you are tuning in. And if this episode inspired you, please share it so we can all feel more connected through our common humanity and lived experiences. If you or someone you know would like to share a meaningful ink story on the podcast, please send me an email. Andy at yourinkstory.com, along with a brief description. Feel free to share your thoughts about this episode via a voicemail message by visiting yourinkstory.com. And when you get to the website, just tap the podcast mic icon located in the lower right-hand corner of the screen and leave your message. Until next time, I'm wishing you a delicious day everywhere you glow. Cheers.